Jen, do we have to talk about sales and prospecting? Yes, just like we have to do sales and prospecting. Ugh, I'd rather talk about any cocktail than talk about sales and prospecting. The Speakeasy Podcast, honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. This is called the Charming Foxtail. It's very crafty. Well, the name is crafty, so it's a beautiful drink. I think it's a slow-sipping kind of drink. I don't know if this one's your favorite. It's not my favorite. You know, it's got five or six ingredients in it, so I appreciate how crafted it is, but um, I'll be done with one. I think what you're picking up on, there's Aperol in there, which is an interesting sipping little drink. It's an Italian aperitif, but it's got rhubarb in it, which I think is super neat. Rhubarb is one of the things I love to grow in my backyard. It's a very summer thing. Mm-hmm. And this also has some tequila and lots of other bits. You should definitely check it out. I always appreciate a citrus garnish. That's true. Do we seriously have to talk about sales and prospecting? No, we we could go on about the drink, but yes, seriously, we have to talk about it. This is one of those topics and activities that I think we both avoid. Yeah, we both avoid it. You know, so I don't know if our listeners are in the same boat, but why don't we like it? Well, because it feels salesy. And I very much appreciate people who are excellent at sales or prospecting. I am not one of those people. I am uncomfortable. So I think if we paint a big, broad brushstroke, entrepreneurs don't go into business to do the sales. They don't go into business to look at their P&L. They go into business to do the thing that they feel that they love or that they're very skilled at, right? So for me, I feel like when I'm engaged in sales, because I agree with you, people who are great at sales are great at scales. And they're, you know, they're, there's an engagement level and there's a servicing level that's fabulous. But for me, I am uncomfortable when relationships feel transactional. That's true. And I think as an entrepreneur... You have that, well, I can do this mindset, and I'm qualified mindset, and you understand your intrinsic worth, and I have this little chip on my shoulder probably that clearly I'm awesome and my things are excellent. Why would I have to ask anyone to be my client? They should be lining up at the door. Yeah. I know that's untrue. I know all the logic behind how that statement is false, but that's still how I feel sometimes. Well, so I think what I hear you saying is, you know, look at my website, for example. Look at our skills, let our skills and portfolio and our capabilities that are easily demonstrated speak for themselves. And so it's very hard to want to go out. Does it come down to asking for something? It does. As an entrepreneur, you're independent. You don't feel like you need to ask or you feel like you should be capable. So asking for business feels like asking for a handout, which is not right. But for me, it's one of those uncomfortable things. I know from our conversations that neither one of us are good at asking for help. So is it related to that same thing? Like, I don't want to ask for help. I can do it myself. So I also don't want to ask for work. Sure, maybe. Maybe it's related to not wanting to appear not powerful or not in control or like you don't have everything figured out. And I think asking for anything feels bad. Now, I acknowledge that that's also a mindset because sales shouldn't be asking for things. It should be helping people understand how you can benefit them. So I'm consistently working on my mindset, trying to flip that mindset away from feeling needy or feeling like I need to ask into sales as a productive, useful tool for my potential client. Yeah. I, I think in general, it just kind of feels hard. And both of us, it goes back to that entrepreneur mindset of, I went into business doing the thing I love. So sales and prospecting is hard, because it distracts you from the fun things that you do, right? 
That's true. It distracts you from the thing you know you're great at, which is why as your company will scale, you will eventually find somebody who does it for you or who you can hire who is one of those magicians who finds sales and prospecting to be their gift and they enjoy it and they excel. For a small business such as ours, it's not the first thing you hire, Right. right? And, you know, sometimes clients do expect it to be you. So I think in this conversation, there's a distinction between what is then sales and prospecting and what's outreach. Because I feel like, just as I said, you know, I don't like relationships when they feel transactional, outreach is very different from sales. It feels different from sales. Do you think so? It does. And sales and prospecting is a tricky thing to talk about in our business Mm -hmm. because you're not putting things on a shelf with a price tag attached to them. You are not looking for increased production or increased transactions on widgets. It is very relationship-based what we sell. And that feels like a different conversation than a sales conversation. Well, I think our current business models, neither one of us are automated in terms of what our pipeline looks like and how people input something and then they get an outbound thing and then they fill out a form and they get a PDF and then they get contacted by a salesperson. There's nothing automated. So even in the service-based sector, we're not automating that process. So it's Though, truly relationship-based. That's true. But I also, I've thought many times about automating that process and that feels very dishonest to me or unlike my personality to automate it because it's not a relationship. So while we aren't automated, I know that I've pushed against that and I've avoided that, even though there are very clear systems that can make prospecting quite effective. They feel antithetical to my personality. I feel the same way. I can see how organizations who use automation in their prospecting and in their outbound and inbound marketing, how it's effective and how that might help them on conversion. But for me, the word conversion isn't involved in my outreach because I don't convert people I enjoy. It's just (laughs) that feels really weird. I don't know. That's really weird. There's all kinds of don't drink the Kool-Aid comments to go along with that one. Yeah, but you're right. I think a lot of people, especially if you're a startup, if you're a startup, your relationships expect it to be you. As you scale your business, your long-term clients might still expect it to be you, but they will adapt to maybe some outreach being you and some project management or otherwise being somebody else. So we're both in different phases of that process, right? You're a little ahead of me in terms of what your clients expect of you. But I feel like even though we don't like it, what's the absolute baseline? What do small businesses absolutely have to have in their mix to make it work? Well, you have to have something quality to sell and talk about. You have to have content and you have to have a reason why you are good at what you do, right? Right. So that's important. Um, And then on top of that, you know, there's just so many ways to network, to reach out, to have conversations. What outreach and prospecting spaces do you feel comfortable in? I think it's important to be visible and accessible. So whether that's networking and you're comfortable showing up at places or whether you're just accessible because you're always, when you bump into people, you follow up and say, it's great to have seen you. You know, it's just kind of the way that you wrap around what happens in your life with what's possible in your business, right? Uh, We've talked in the past about, you know, what's the line between work and home. And there really, I think for both of us, there isn't one. So if I bump into somebody at the grocery store, if I bump into somebody at swim lessons, I'm going to follow up with them and just say, gosh, it was really nice to catch up with you. That certainly is just a part of relationships. 
And I guess it falls under the umbrella of sales and prospecting, but I don't feel like it's a function of sales and prospecting because I was raised by a Southern mom who required me to write thank you notes every time. Right. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I think it's a part of who I am. Well, and, you know, when you say, oh, I bumped into someone at the grocery store at a, or at a social engagement, categorizing that in your mind as sales or prospecting engagement feels horrible too, right? Because you don't want to be prospecting to and selling to your friends. You want to be actively engaging with them. And so that's where I push away that idea of sales and think what I'm doing is not sales. What I'm doing is building relationships with people. Someday I might be able to serve them and help them with their needs. But I, I have a hard time aligning that in my head with the idea of sales. So outreach is a really great way to kind of think about those things. And let me use a podcast example. Maybe it's easier to talk. You know, you and I chatted very, very recently about um, some feedback that we got on the podcast. And somebody who I've only worked with a couple times from North Carolina picked up the phone, reached out and said, hey, you know, really good job. I really enjoy it. I appreciate the way that you present your information. <laughs> I think specifically he said, we appreciate that you don't present it like bullshit. And I just want to give him a shout out, first of all, for listening, but also that that is a form of outreach. But it didn't occur for me as sales. It didn't occur for me as prospecting. It's a person who, in my mind, genuinely appreciated what we're doing. And so that's all it is. Is <laughs> like I think especially when we're in the communications realm, we just really like people. Yeah, that's true. And it might be, you know, as you describe that, which we did talk about recently, it makes me think, well, maybe for us, it's about being visible. It's about articulating what you're good at and what your insights are and sharing what you've learned. And so then people look at you as a resource and someone that they can look to for advice and solutions. And therefore, they come and ask you for advice and solutions. So it might be more about positioning yourself and making people aware of your deep knowledge and then they utilize you for that deep knowledge. Yeah. And it's funny, too, and I haven't told you about this particular example, but we have a new client. And once she became a client, she decided to listen to all of our podcasts and has been letting me know, oh, I listened to this one. And it's so interesting to see your knowledge. And so on the flip side, as we've gained a new client, the podcast becomes something that, that she can learn from and use as she's trying to build her business, etc. So the podcast is a good example of a way to become relevant and helpful that serves the sales realm in the end, perhaps. Even though we've clearly admitted that this is fully selfish. Oh, it's absolutely selfish. <laughs> so but the best things in life make us all happy, right? True. It's a win-win-win. <laughs> but I think your business model and my business model are very similar, your staff stack is a little bit different than mine. So I'm still very much the front line when it comes to writing uh, RFPs and, and managing what the dollars look like in an agreement. But the bottom line is that you have to be involved at some level. You don't go into business to do sales. You do it to do your thing. But it's so critical to your life. It keeps the boat floating, right? Oh, sure. And we've talked about this in other episodes. The challenge with being an entrepreneur is the paychecks are not guaranteed. The business you're going to have next quarter or next year is not guaranteed. Sure, you can have a contract, but who knows when that contract will burn up or the economy will turn or a client will have some unforeseen circumstance. So you do, as an entrepreneur, spend much of your life looking over the cliff that you are walking next to. Yeah. And so prospecting, developing relationships, doing outreach, which results in sales, mm -hmm. maybe, those have to be part of your life. Otherwise... 
that cliff just wraps around you and you really have no place to go. So in the space of where that's automated, which is where we've said we are not, but in the space where that's automated, you know how many, you know, how many interests convert to how many conversations convert to how many sales. So those numbers look really, really clear. In the space where that's not automated, that may be a little bit more nebulous process because you're servicing on the front end a lot more, maybe. But I feel like in our communications realm and our service-based business, just being good servants of what we feel is good counsel for people, even if they choose not to use our service, is the right thing to do. And at some point, whether it's that person or somebody they refer us to, that's how it ends up converting, so to speak. That's true. And as you say that, it occurs to me while we say we didn't get into this business to do sales, we did get into this business to help people. Absolutely. Right? To be creative and to produce something and make meaningful communications and to move the needle. And if you really back up, sales is part of that. And that's part of changing that mindset that you're not trying to sell somebody something. You are trying to find people who could benefit from your service and for whom you feel good about working. Yeah. So maybe we can change our mindset a little bit. It's funny, too, this is kind of tangential, but you, we were talking about automated processes and having just done a personality profile for our staff as a team-building exercise, knowing that, that I heavily rely on intuition. I don't need the data. I don't need to see all those metrics to understand where I need to go. It's not how my brain works. Maybe that pushback against an automated process for me is really that that's not how my brain works. It's not my comfort level for understanding where things need to go. I tend to work with emotion and intuition a little bit more. So you just gave me a reason to not feel bad about the stuff I haven't done. Thank well, you. you <laughs> and you're very welcome. And I feel like it's not only that, because you do have to have a rigor and a discipline with your outreach efforts. So whether it's your observations that Redhead puts out on a monthly basis, or whether that's letters that are sent or follow-ups and thank yous, those outreach efforts are meaningful. They're genuine. They're authentic. But they matter. Right, It's the right thing to do as a business owner because we are expressing our gratitude in a formal way. But I know that we both have clear goals. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So there's a rigor and a discipline built around goals. But it doesn't necessarily look like sales and prospecting. So really it's more about outreach and marketing? It's about outreach and marketing. It's about discipline. It's about, as an entrepreneur, carving out the time you need to carve out to, to do all of the things that are required of you, whether that be leading the conversation with your staff or prospecting with your clients or managing your infrastructure. There are just things that as the leader, you can't ignore. And this is one of them. Yeah. So I can see that your charming foxtail is gone. Whoever named that, high five. It's a great name. So everybody, we talk about iTunes all the time, but we do acknowledge there are some of you out there that use Android devices. And for you, you can check us out on Google Play. So Check that out. Karen, where else can they find us? Ooh, if you're on the Android platform, you can also give a shout to your Google Home device and we'll pop up. That's super fun. In addition to the world that is Google, you can find us on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and you can get us on all our social channels at Easy Underground. Thanks. Have a great one. Cheers. So in our next episode, we're talking about patience. Genetically, we are both in the very shallow end of the patient's pool. Do you think entrepreneurs are impatient by nature? I do. I don't know. Join us to explore impatience in general and how that character trait has helped us win some and lose some. 